And tonight I want to say that Jesus looked at all the good characteristics that were displayed in this woman and he focused on one thing. He focused on her faith. She recognized that she needed mercy. She recognized him as Lord. She recognized him, if not as the great son of David, she recognized him as a son of David. And she pleaded with him for her daughter. Now, the Lord did not focus on her love for her daughter. He didn't say, my woman, thou hast a great love for thy daughter. So he didn't focus on parental love though this woman had parental love. And we in this meeting tonight should have parental love. We should care about our sons and our daughters, and I'm sure we do. I'm sure we do. But the probation officer and the counsellor is not the place to go to for help for your son or your daughter. The first place to go for help is to Jesus. He's the one to go to because the counselor cannot be out there where your son or your daughter is. But the Lord Jesus Christ is not limited by time or by space. And if only we can touch him, all things are possible to him that believeth. And with God Nothing shall be impossible, even though your child may go into a far country. Hold them up before Christ, for the same God that has had mercy on you will give them opportunities to accept his mercy. Amen. So he didn't focus on her parental love, uh, commendable as that might be. He did not focus on her earnestness, and she certainly was earnest, because when he answered her, verse 23, when he answered her not a word, his disciples came and besought him, saying, Send her away, for she crieth after us. It is quite apparent that his silence did not put her off. You see, with parental love, you can give up on a situation. But this woman had more than parental love. And even with earnestness, there is no guarantee with earnestness that you will survive. Remember what we said at the beginning? He that cometh to God must believe that God is 
Without faith it is impossible to please God. Earnest as we may be and uh, loving our children as parents or our relatives for that matter, that kind of love can win and that kind of earnestness can tire. But the love and the earnestness that is on a foundation of faith will not be put off by an apparent silence when it seemed like Jesus was answering her nothing to the point where the disciples thought that they could get her sent away. Even then the woman was not put off because she had faith. But he answered then, when he did break the silence, he broke the silence in a way that could have been very discouraging. Because he said, I am not sent but unto the lost sheep of the house of Israel. In other words, he was saying, it is not you I am sent to. In this dispensation of my ministry, I am sent only to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. But even that word from the Lord did not put her off because she had that one special thing. She had faith. He didn't focus on her sincerity. There was no doubt she was sincere. Nor did he focus on her importunity. And there is no doubt that she was importunate in approaching him. For when he didn't answer her, she still kept a sweet attitude towards him. And when he did answer her, and she seemed to be hearing words that would put her off, rather than putting her off, she turned them to her advantage because she had a foundation of faith. When Jesus said, I am not sent but unto the lost sheep of the house of Israel, she came and she worshipped him. That would mean she came falling at his feet. And she called him Lord again, saying, Lord, help me. What an attitude this woman had. She was able to take his rebuff she was able to take his silence. She was able to take the criticism of his disciples. She was able to keep on when others would have turned away because she had faith. But he answered and said, It is not meet to take the children's bread and to cast it to dogs. 
So here was an apparent slight. He was differentiating between her as a Gentile and the Jews of the lost sheep of Israel to whom he was sent. And that would be pretty much enough to turn the most of us away because we have got so much vanity in our thinking that for anyone to cast any slight at us, we would be so much alive that we had resisted and resented. You remember the man who got healed, uh, uh, the Naaman the Syrian? He very nearly turned away when the prophet didn't go out and do as the Naaman uh, wanted him to do. Naaman thought uh, that the prophet will come out and he will do it this way. But see, God works his way. God works his way. Uh, that great hymn, God works in mysterious ways his wonders to perform. I understand that was written by a man who went out in the foggy days of London with the intention of being taken to one of the bridges over the river and committing suicide but the fog was so great uh, that after traveling around and around, uh, they arrived back uh, where they had started. Uh, and when he got out of the cab, the horse-drawn cab, and found himself right back at the same address, it resulted in his conversion. And he wrote to him, God works in mysterious ways his wonders to perform. When Newton was... Uh, uh, a rough-mouthed, a sinning sailor involved in the slave trade and got out in the middle of the ocean uh, in a terrible storm in the midst of which he thought he was going to perish uh, and in the ship in the midst of the storm he called upon God for the mercy of God to be given to him and God had mercy upon him, delivered him from the storm. He got out of the slave trade and and became a man of God and gave us the hymn Amazing Grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found. Uh, was blind, but now I see. Amen. This woman was not put off uh, by him saying, It is not meat uh, to take the children's bread uh, and to cast it to dogs. She was able to cope with his silence in the first place. She was able to cope with the criticism of his disciples uh, in the second place. Uh, she was able to cope uh, with him saying he was only sent to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. She was able to cope with him saying uh, that you are a Gentile dog and it's not you I am sent to. She turned those very words that were an apparent slight and a put off she turned them to her advantage and said truth Lord yet the dogs eat of the crumbs which fall from their master's table then Jesus answered and said unto her O woman great is thy faith you see, the thing that gave joy to Christ was her faith. 
You know, when we're going through problems and we throw up our hands in horror and we give up and think, oh, this Christian life, what? I don't know about this, uh, you know. That is not at all pleasing to God. It is no joy to Christ when his disciples in the midst of the storm speak to him and say, Master, carest thou not that we perish? We Christians, you know, sometimes we blame God and we criticize God and we refuse to learn the lessons in the midst of our troubles. The Lord rebuked them for their unbelief. And he asked them, where is your faith? Their faith should have been in his word. His word that said, we're going over to the other side. They should have understood that with Christ in the vessel, you can smile at the storm. They should have understood that if their times are in his hands, then whatever storm the devil turns up can be turned around and used to bring glory to God and blessing to people. The thing that thrilled the Lord Jesus about this woman was her faith. Not her love for her daughter, not her importunity in keeping on. It was not her commitment to seeking something for another. All of these were good points. Her parental love, her sincerity, her earnestness, her importunity. All of those things the Lord looked past. And with joy he said, O woman, great is thy faith. Amen. I would love to have heard the Lord saying that. I would imagine that he was using the faith that he saw in her to get a message over to his disciples. You remember uh, in Mark chapter 2 when they lowered the man who was sick with the palsy down to the feet of Jesus. You remember the Bible says when Jesus saw their faith he said, Son, thy sins be forgiven thee. And it caused a whole stir up in the thinking of the Pharisees and they reasoned about this. This man's blasphemous. But you see, Jesus saw the faith and he drew the faith out into a confession, not only from this woman, but from the man who was sick with the palsy. And Jesus drew out into a confession uh, the faith of the centurion. I think it was Matthew chapter 8, uh, when the centurion got the message to Jesus, my servant is at home sick, uh, grievously tormented. Uh, and Jesus said, I will come and heal him. And the centurion said, I am not worthy that thou shouldst come under my roof, but speak thou the word only and my servant shall be healed and Jesus said I haven't found so great faith no not in Israel it was faith in the centurion that brought joy to the heart of Jesus it was faith in this, faith in this woman's heart the woman of Canaan uh, that brought joy to the heart of Jesus it brought the exclamation oh woman great is thy 
faith, a wonderful thing. The main point that Jesus focused on was her faith. You know, dear friends, these are days when God's people have got to demonstrate their faith in their God. We cannot survive simply by clever heads and smart doings. Uh, We need the presence and the power of God. The race is not to the swift, uh, and the battle is not to the strong. Uh, It demands the presence of God with us if we can only believe with all of our heart, with all of our soul, with all of our mind, with all of our strength, that God is with us. If God be for us, who can be against us? We can make it through because we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. Amen. Somebody say amen. Glory to God. O woman, great is thy faith. And then he said, I should say it is the Lord Jesus' own words that confirm to us his joy at her faith. We have nobody else's words to turn to. We turn to the words of Jesus. It was Jesus who said, O woman, great is thy faith. It is him who focused on it. It is him who verbalized what he thought and how he felt. It is him who brought the commendation. Great is thy faith. And in response to her faith, he gave her very wide latitude in what she could receive. For he said, Be it unto thee, even as thou wilt. Whatever it is you're after, be it unto thee as thou wilt. That will show you how great a joy the Lord Jesus had in the woman's faith, and at the very least, she got the deliverance of her daughter, and her daughter was made whole from that very hour. So there is so much for us in the story of the Canaanite woman who came in the behalf of her daughter. That should encourage us to understand that God will look at our faith when we are seeking his face for others. And, of course, there is more evidence for that in the story I mentioned of the four men who brought their sixth friend and took up the roof and lowered him. The Bible does not say when Jesus saw his faith. The Bible says when Jesus saw their faith, he gave his word to the one who was sick with the palsy. Son, thy sins be forgiven thee. And then the Pharisees reasoned about it all. And then Jesus answered the thoughts and the intents of the heart, because that's what the Word of God is. The Word of God is a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. And he answered the thoughts and the intents of their heart and said, Which is it easier to say, Son, thy sins be forgiven thee, 
or rise, take up thy bed and walk. The self-righteous Pharisees knew that they couldn't say thy sins be forgiven thee. And they knew that they couldn't say, rise, take up thy bed and walk. And uh, Jesus gave them a moment or two to think of it. And then he followed on with, but that ye may know the Son of Man hath power upon earth to forgive sins. He saith to the sick of the palsy, son, take up thy bed and walk. And he that was sick with the palsy rose up uh, and took his bed and went on to his house. Hallelujah. Jesus Christ has power not only to forgive sins, but to heal disease and to bring deliverance. And all he asked before he gave the blessing was simple faith in him from those who came. Glory to God. What a marvelous, wonderful Christ that we serve. You know, we Christians need to generate our faith. We need to prove our faith by our works. We need to put our reliance upon Christ. He will not fail us. He is faithful that promised. Praise the Lord forever. Amen. Amen. Okay. Try to retain as much of that as you can. And then, uh, I suppose I should say again that parental love will fail without faith. Earnestness will fail without faith. Sincerity will fail without faith. Importunity will fail without faith. Faith is the thing that is durable, and faith is the thing that brings joy to the heart of God. God wants his people to believe him. Amen. That's what made Abraham so different to everyone else. He believed God, and it was accounted unto him for righteousness. And he got the righteousness. The New Testament tells us Abraham in the Old Testament got the righteousness of the New Testament because he believed God and had faith in that which was to come. Amen. Before there was any Calvary, before there was any Golgotha's Hill, before there was any supreme sacrifice, Abraham looked forward to it and was justified through faith. And you and I, in the new era, we are justified by faith. Having justification by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. If you're glad for Jesus, will you say amen? Well now, I don't know I have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine scriptures that I would like to focus on in relation to Mephibosheth. But I think tonight, perhaps, we've had enough. If only we can go out from this place with the realization 
that God wants to see faith in our hearts. If you believe it with your heart, then you'll confess it with your mouth. With the heart man believeth, with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. So often people contradict their confession by their later confession. You know, we walk by faith and not by sight. And if we are Christ, we are the children of Abraham through faith in the Lord Jesus. And we are blessed with faithful Abraham. Amen, amen, amen. The Apostle Paul was able to say, Sirs, I believe God. When they were faced with the shipwreck, Paul was able to say that God has spoken to me and given me the lives of all on board. As long as you obey my word, we will lose the boat and we will lose all the cargo, but every life will be saved. Sirs, I believe God. Let us believe God, because God is not a man that he should lie. He's not the son of man that he should repent. If he has spoken it, he will do it because he is faithful that promised. And not one jot or one tittle of his word shall fall to the ground. You can depend on him. You can depend on him because he is God. And besides him, there is none other. Now, with the help of the Lord, maybe on Saturday night in Paragon, I will get to this man, Mephibosheth. But there is probably more in Mephibosheth than what there is in the woman of Canaan. So, pray that the Lord will help me to bring that truth to his people on Saturday night in Hackney. But for tonight, may the Lord help you to water that word that we have taken in this evening. May we nourish it with prayer so that it will grow out in our lives and our lives will build, build on the foundation of faith. God bless you. Thank you very much.